get ready. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week, and I am joined, as always, by my amazing, fantastic, and awesome co-host, Karen. What is going on with you, my man? How are you doing? I can kind of see the design on your sweater, and I like what I see, like the top half of it. It's, hang on, it's a uh, it's, uh, critical role, um, like really thin, like hoodie kind of thing. It's pretty nice. Ah, nice, nice. The, um, what is this, the what the mighty nine that was yes. that like the name of their um is that the name of the party in one of the um campaigns yeah campaign two campaign one was vox machina which uh, also i meant As to show the yeah I meant amazon to show, this show. Out, meant to show this out last week please everyone go watch the legend of vox machina because even if you don't enjoy or have never seen critical role it's impeccably good nice nice yeah i'm not a critical role person i don't have the time to sit there and listen to a campaign for hours. Maybe I'll watch Vox Machina if I ever remember, feel like it, get around <laughs> to it. I don't know. One day, possibly, maybe. Um, but yes, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I had a I had a good week. I've I've gotten some had some good things happen, been productive. So I'm I'm happy. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been a productive week on my end as well. More so at work because I was a I was not in on work on Friday last week because I took the day off to play Horizon. So like someone covered me for a bit that day, like covered part of my job, but like there was a bunch of other stuff from that day that was built up for me on Tuesday and then other work from last week I hadn't gotten to. So this week was basically the catch up week and I still have stuff to catch up on too. So, but I felt productive getting a whole lot of it done during the week. And then even outside of that, just, uh, you know, Playing some games, enjoying, well, playing a game, enjoying that game. Uh, of course, that game being Horizon. We'll talk about that later on alongside what else Kieran has play, been playing himself, which I'm very excited to hear about. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, but this is the Play to Win podcast, a show where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through in-depth discussion. Uh, Timestamps under the description if you want to check them out, bounce around and uh, at different points of this episode. Subscribe if you are on podcast services and or on YouTube. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell. That way you know as soon as videos go live and you can see them as soon as they go live. Be one of the first people in the world to watch our content. You know, we, we love that. It, it helps out a whole lot, uh, especially the subscription part. Subscribe. That is yep. very key, very important. It'll help us grow, help us stand out some more in the algorithm. So do all those things, please and thank you. This week on episode 47 of the Play to Win podcast, we are going to be talking about two main topics, uh, those being that Call of Duty is reportedly going to be skipping 2023 for the first time in ever. And we also got some PlayStation updates this week, uh, specifically on PSVR 2 and a report on PlayStation's uh, Game Pass quote-unquote competitor Spartacus, codenamed Spartacus as of right now. So we'll talk about all that stuff later on in the episode after we do the brief mentions. But before we do either of those things, uh, we did want to take a moment at the very start of this episode just to mention and address uh, and highlight, I guess you could say, the situation going on over in the Ukraine. For I mean, mo many people probably know about this already, uh, but if you have not heard the Russia has invaded the Ukraine. It's a very, very sad, very scary, very tragic situation that's going on over there right now. Uh, for all those that are either there or have family or friends that are over there, it's um, it's it's not good. It's not a good situation. And 
a lot of people in the industry, whether it be uh, companies that are based over in Europe or in countries like surrounding the Ukraine, nearby the Ukraine, many companies over there, they've spoken out, um, calling for uh, the support from other companies in the industry, from people in the industry, from gamers in the communities. Uh, they've also, you know, called for, hey, let's, we don't want this war to happen. Let's not have this happen. There are also companies uh, that are donating to different causes to help support people that are in the Ukraine that are suffering and could get any help. I know CD Projekt Red, they said that they're going to be donating a certain amount of money. I believe, uh, gosh, I don't remember all the companies' names, but a number of different companies are making donations, sending their support. So uh, we over here at Play to Win, myself and Karen, we are not all that well-versed on the topic. I like we, we know of what's going to be going on. We've been seeing some headlines, read some articles, but we don't know. We don't have all like all that, all the knowledge, all the foremost authority on the matter to speak declaratively in any which way on it, um, other than to say that it is a very sad and tragic thing that's going on. Yeah. So we, we're not going to linger on it too much, but uh, of course, if you want to go find out more information like us, do do your research. Make sure you are fact-checking everything that you read uh, before you retweet or like anything, because as this is an ongoing situation, uh, of course, there's going to be a lot of misinformation going on out there on the internet and all. And of course, if you want to support uh, everyone out there in the Ukraine, by all means, again, do let's we'll do research and find the proper ways to uh, support however anyone can, however you can, however we can. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to talk about that real briefly at the beginning before we get into the news and try and brighten up everyone's uh brighten up everyone's day or week for you know the duration of this podcast however we can all right so with all that being said karen do you have anything to say before we um get into the brief benches or no we, we all good no no I, I think we are all good just our thoughts and prayers are with the people of ukraine there we go that's i feel like that's a nice way to Put a button, put a bow on that. Okay, let's talk about some games. Let's talk about our brief mentions for this week on episode 47 of the podcast. First up, Nier Automata. It's getting an anime adaptation. I am very excited. Well, I don't want to say very excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what this is going to be like. Uh, I believe Adiplex, A1 Pictures are the ones that are going to be doing it. They put out Sword Art Online and a bunch of other different anime. So cool. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like Nier Automata lends itself well to an anime. Although there are some things about the story that kind of are inherent to it being a game. Uh, I wonder how those things will be ad- adapted, but it should be cool. should be yep. fun. Reminded me when I read this, I was like, huh, Karen still has not finished it. <laughs> Karen, Karen still hasn't played after mission one. Yeah. Jeez. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Forgot all about that. So yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe play it before, maybe play it before you watch the show, whatever that, you know, yep. it comes out. Uh, Street Fighter six was announced as well. There was a countdown going on over the weekend when we recorded the last episode, and it ended, I believe, Sunday night or Monday morning before the last episode went out. Um, and everyone figured it was like Street Fighter VI. Uh, it turned out, yes, it was Street Fighter VI. And it was the shortest teaser. It was just, I believe you see Luke and Ryu, and they you, all the, the, Ryu's bulky. He's bulky, he's wide and really broad and everything. Uh, has a more realistic design and everyone was not too happy about the logo. People saw the logo and they were like, this is uh, bad, it's basic, it's bland, it's generic. Uh, Apparently it looks like Capcom might have slightly copied it from an Adobe stock logo that they have. 
Um, so I mean, it, it's cool. It's cool. It's announced. It's a thing. More news will be coming this summer. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy apparently initially underperformed for Square Enix, but sales have improved since then. It's just the latest in a number of games that uh, have underperformed, according to Square Enix. That whether it be Avengers yeah. or the Tomb Raider games or the Deus Ex games, what have you, Hitman games. It's just another one to fall victim to underperforming to Square Enix's um, standards. Although for Guardians, it's probably also because coming off of Avengers, people were just like, yeah, no, I don't yeah. I don't really have much faith in it. Turned out, hey, it's actually a pretty good game. Uh, according to VGC, EA is planning, is reportedly planning to drop the FIFA license because the company sees it as something that's keeping them from just basically trying new things with the series. You know, they want to do different new modes and all, and because they have, to, they have the FIFA license, they have to go through FIFA first in order to you know, be able to do those things. And uh, I believe, I forgot who it was specifically uh, that VGC kind of has like a reported quote from, but one of the execs over there, I believe maybe Andrew Wilson, said that the only the only real value that they get from the FIFA license is the four letters on the box, which, yeah, yeah makes a lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. Also, according to VGC, you got some more sports stuff here, this time in the Lego realm, because Lego is partnering with 2K on some Lego sports games. And we know of three of them. They have a soccer game set for release this year. There's a racing game set for next year and a third game that's based on a major sports franchise. And apparently there may be guest characters in these games from Lego's many different crossover products that might appear. So like Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, Jurassic Park, something like like those type of um, crossover type things. Some of those characters might appear in these Lego games. Of course, none of this has been officially announced by um, Lego or 2K. So we have to wait for their official confirmation, but VGC has a scoop on it. So it's interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, some Lego sports games. I wonder how fun and, you know, wacky and cool we could get with these, to be yeah. honest. Uh, real quick, I just remember, like, I've been listening to some of the older episodes of the podcast, just like just to hear how things go, hear mm-hmm. the flow of things and everything. And I've noticed that I say, to be honest, a lot. So I'm going to try to curtail that. Um, and me just doing it just now was like, wait, you told yourself you're going to try and curtail that. Let me try and rein that in some. Uh, okay, a few more here. Um, PlayStation Plus games from March have been announced. We are uh, we are getting Arc Survival Evolved on PS4, Team Sonic Racing on PS4, Ghost Runner on PS5. And for both PS4 and PS5, we are getting Ghost of Tsushima Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which is the multiplayer mode that came out for Ghost of Tsushima um, later in the year, later in 2020, that I never played it, but apparently people were saying it was very, very good, <laughs> like way better than anyone ever expected. So definitely um, get all of those. Uh, definitely get Ghost of Tsushima Legends if uh, you know all the reception to it is anything to go by. It's, it seems like it's a really fun time. Let's see. You got any other thoughts on those? No, I mean, it seems like a pretty good month. <laughs> far, I think it is. Far better than the Games of Gold this month, but let's move on. I, 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 You know, I saw the Games of Gold. I was like, oh yeah, Games of Gold came out where it got announced, right? I looked it up and I was like, I don't even want to put this in the dock, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to put this in the dock. I was going to, you know, leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> leave um, it out. In my opinion, probably one of the worst months it's had so far. Yeah, I saw it. I was just like, 
I don't even want to just announce games of gold on the show anymore. We yeah. just do PS Plus games and Game Pass games. <laughs> That's a different yeah. conversation. Uh, Knockout City will be going free to play starting with season six in the spring, and Velen Studios will self publish the game going forward. Now, no one will have an excuse to not play this game. It is a lot of fun, it is a blast to play. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, Bethesda, they are closing down their PC game launcher this year. Starting in April, the company will be moving its games over to Steam. So players who want to move their games, saves, and virtual currency over to Steam, they will have to complete the transfer process by May since the Bethesda launcher will no longer be accessible then. And the final brief mention here, which I think is absolutely wild mm-hmm. and surpasses what we expected. I kind of went back. I I went back to see what I what we both thought, and mm-hmm. we were close but not quite. Um, Elden Ring's Metacritic score. Normally, I don't really like to like bring up like Metacritic scores as like brief mentions because it's just like all right, like is what it is. Like game score, great, cool, whatever. Um, but this case, Elden Ring scored a ninety-seven on Metacritic. On launch day, at a point in time, it was 98 on launch day. Mm-hmm. At a 97, that is, we both guessed 94 is what it was going to get. We were close, okay. not quite. Um, 97 on Metacritic for Elder Ring on PS5 places it at number 12 on the all-time list. That puts it alongside games such as Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, Disco Elysium The Final Cut, GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Breath of the Wild, to name a few. Also, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is along them at the 97s as well yeah. on the Dreamcast and I believe on a different platform, I forgot what it was. Just wow. I mm. Again, we, I, I figured it would be ranking high. Yeah. I remember when we talked about it uh, in that episode, we were like predicting scores and everything. I said, yeah, like I'm sure people are going to be saying like this is going to be From's magnum opus and so on and so forth. I don't think I thought it would get this high though at all and i haven't read any reviews i've read like snippets of reviews i haven't had time to sit down and read a full review but what i've seen the reception i've seen and seen a lot of people saying like it's up there like it's one of the greats yeah i was i was looking at it before we started and like if you want a testament to how good this game is um if you go on metacritic and look at all of the there's currently when i look just before we start recording there are 49 critic reviews of Metacrit- of Elden Ring on Metacritic, and 28 of them are 100. Like this, yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's very good. Con- like massive congratulations to the people at Front Software, and I think this is just a testament to if you actually take your time with the game and delay it if you need to, then you can actually get something that's pretty good. Yep, exactly. We're gonna head on into our first new story this week and we're gonna that, that first story it's gonna be all about call of duty now call of duty almost 20 years old it's 19 years old as of mm-hmm. right now next year it'll be 20 it can almost drink it's a full adult now but it's not quite at the drinking gauge yet at least in the u.s um I'm not sure if the drinking <laughs> gauge is over where you are 18 ah, so it could drink for you yeah. but not over here not over here not quite um well for its 20th birthday it's skipping the party it's not having a party for the 20th birthday it's call of duty according to jason schreier over at bloomberg and his sources call of duty is skipping 2023 because at division they said you know what sales for the last one not that great we didn't yeah. we, we might need to take a break on a year so 
I got a bullet point of this because uh, I, I didn't want to pull up the Bloomberg article yesterday and not be able to read it today because, you yeah. know, Bloomberg, they have like, you can only look at it once or so. Uh, but I will read directly from the article here because I can now. So Jason Schreier, he says here in his article, Activision Blizzard Incorporated will delay a call a Call of Duty game that had been planned for next year. The first time the franchise will be without an annual mainline release in nearly two decades, according to people familiar with the plan. The company is pushing off the release after a recent entry in the series failed to meet expectations, cough, cough, Call of Duty Vanguard, um, leading some executives to believe that they're introducing new versions too rapidly, said the people, who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to discuss the deliberations. The decision was not related to Activision's agreement to sell itself to Microsoft for $69 billion, the people said. Activision is working on other projects to fill the gap next year. A Call of Duty game set to come out this fall will receive a steady stream of additional content, and there will be a new free-to-play online title next year, said the people. Treyarch, the Activision-owned studio working on the now-delayed game, will also help with the free-to-play title, the people said. And we have a quote here from a spokesperson at Activision saying, quote, we have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right, end quote. Man, what what is your take on this? What do you, what do you think? Like when you first saw this headline, Call of Duty skipping a year or whatever the headline might have been, initial reaction? I thought it was fake. I thought I was, I thought I was never going to read those words in my life because I... Activision has been so insistent on releasing a game every year for the last nearly two decades that I was like, there's no way they're going to skip a year. That's losing them a lot of money. And we all know that cough, cough, Bobby Kotick only cares about money. And I assume that not to, again, not to bring that whole kind of situation into this, but I mean, that's what crossed my mind is I'm like, I wonder how Kotick's sitting with that. But Right. I mean, I mean they, they borderline needed to put out a game every yeah. year from Call of Duty in recent years because, as we talked about before, their game pipeline out over at Activision and Blizzard, they haven't been putting out too many games no. each year. Like, Call of Duty is that game. So, especially in recent years, Call of Duty has been that game for them. It's been practically the only game that they put out. And it's like, we need that Call of Duty money. So, it's just, that's why it's also like even really shocking that it's not going to be coming out next year. Yeah, and I mean, if they need to take an extra year to work on it, by all means. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. Yeah, I, I saw this and I was, like you said, I was like, wow, I never thought I would see those words uh, yeah. appear, at least not until the Microsoft acquisition went through, if it does, and then yeah. like Microsoft might decide, all right, we want to delay. Like Activision just on their own saying, nope, we need to do it. So I have a tiny bit of context here. Um, just a little bit of tip information. Like I said, next year, the series will be 20 years old. So it started in 2003. Ever since the release of Call of Duty 2 in 2005, there has been a new mainline entry every single year. And then if you want to count non-mainline entries, there has been one every single year since 2003. Because there was, I believe... It's either Finest Hour or Big Red 1 in 2004. That was the first one on console. Mm. So if you include non-mainline entries, there's been one every single year. 
I mean, it's that, just like wow. Yeah, like that's that's insane to have had. I mean, it's kind of Apple's done right. They've released an iPhone every single year, and uh-huh. I imagine like not only to be able to innovate on a product enough so that it can be released as like a sequel or a separate product or whatever you want to call it takes a hell of a lot of time, a hell of a lot of money and a hell of a lot of people. And it just, it amazes me that they can, as much as like, you know, they're on three year dev cycles. So like they're not really making a game in a year, they're making it in three, but at the same time, still amazes me that they have been able to pump out a game every single year for the last basically 18 years consistently without much issue and i mean like um they weren't on a three-year cycle for the longest time they only started the three-year yeah. cycle in 2014 with advanced warfare before that it was just it was infinity ward for cod one and two and then starting with after cod two it was treyarch in 2006 and then infinity war 2007 and they went back and forth until um advanced warfare came out in 2014 before that was Ghost by Infinity War 2013, Sledgehammer 2014, Treyarch 2015, and then Infinity War 2016. That's when we got the three year yeah. for the first time. So like, it's even more wild that for the, for a while it was literally just two teams just tagging off back to back, back to back, back to yeah. back like that. And I mean, the games were selling really well. I mean, that's kind of when Call of Duty was at its peak, really, in terms mm-hmm. of sales. And well, maybe not in terms of sales, but in terms of like fan reception that's when it was at its peak the yeah. modern warfare black ops modern warfare 2 modern warfare 3 um black ops 2 era like call of duty was hitting on all cylinders back then in terms of like fans being happy and pleased with the games and all uh um jason he has a little bit of extra context here which kind of goes into one of the questions i have he says um the delay will have a massive effect on the video game industry Every fall since 2005, Activision has put out a new premium entry in the lucrative shooting series. Call of Duty games regularly top yearly sales charts and have sold more than 400 million units since the series began in 2003. Last year's entry, Call of Duty Vanguard, failed to meet Activision's sales expectations, leading executives to suspect it had been cannibalized by the previous year's game. A free-to-play version released in 2020, Call of Duty Warzone, remains a massive success and may have drawn players away from the premium entries. So my question is, uh, I guess I have a couple questions here, but one question that I have is, do we think that this is going to have like any effects on the industry at large, like good or bad? I mean, I, I think so, but the only one that I can really think of is like now it will give games releasing in the later half of the year more time to breathe. So like in the likes of like uh-huh. Battlefield 2042 or Halo Infinite, who had to compete alongside a Call of Duty game, now they won't have to do that. Right. Yeah, like next year, who knows what the that fall landscape is gonna look like? Yeah. Like, no one's gonna have to be like, we November and October, it's like it's open season kind of sort of. Like, we don't have to yeah. worry about Call of Duty coming out and just like cannibalizing everyone for like a good two weeks or so. Like, maybe next year it'll be GTA Six that actually comes out and just destroys everyone instead. <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, I I think there's that. There's also the fact that I'm. I, I wonder how much of an effect this will have on like the platform holders yeah. in terms of like money they would have gotten from their cut of sales and then their cut from microtransactions on their platforms too. Like not having a Call of Duty next year, like that's a lot of money that people like are not going to be getting in 
like mm-hmm. just by association of having the game on their platform as well. Uh, so, I mean, that, you know, I guess you could look at that as like maybe a bad thing, depending on how much that actually affects the business side of things for these companies. But I think it's more so really just like a good thing. Like, hey, let Call of Duty breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives, like you said, it gives other devs and games time to be like, you know what? All right. We have, a, we have a window now that is open to us yeah. next fall. If we could take advantage, let's take advantage. We don't have to worry about Call of Duty. A new Halo is not coming out next year. So probably, probably, possibly. <laughs> um, a new Battlefield likely is not coming out next year. Like, there probably is not going to be a big shooter next year for people to have to worry about in the fall. So it gives people, like, a chance to breathe and all. Uh, but like that also goes into this other question of, do we think that there's just a one-off situation for Call of Duty? Or... Do we think that this will be the start of the series no longer being annualized? Because I know that we talked about that possibly happening if the Microsoft acquisition went through. If you know that goes through and the Microsoft is like, all right, the 2023 one still comes out um, you know, that year, but then the 2024 one doesn't happen because they want to like give it time to breathe. Do we think that now the 2023 game that is reportedly being pushed to 2024? is just going to be like, all right, it's this one. And the one that was planned for after that, that'll be 2026. And then 2028. Like, that's just going to be the way going forward now. I like to think so. I I, I would like to think that, because I mean, I, I think I, I said this, or I think we both said this actually when we were talking about it however long ago, that I'm sure like Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, Raven, all those people, like I'm, I'm sure they have aspirations to make other games that aren't Call of Duty but they weren't able to under Activision. So when uh-huh. they do get acquired by, by Microsoft, I, I imagine that would be the time that they could be like, hey, or because you know, I imagine they're, they're currently working on their Call of Duty games for whatever, and then Raven will be working on Warzone. But um, like I, I imagine it's skipping a year, kind of coincide, coinciding with a timeline of being acquired by Microsoft. Then I imagine those com- those studios specifically could say, you know what, we kind of want to do something else. Like I, I think a couple, like one or two of them, play Infinite Ward and Treyarch, might be like, you know, honestly maybe I don't know. They might be like, you know, we'll we'll make we'll continue making the what the Call of Duty game we're on just now, and then we'll move on to what you know something that we want to do, like a project that isn't Call of Duty. So yeah, I mean, if anyone was gonna make that decision, well, not if anyone was gonna make that decision. If any team was likely to do that, it would probably be Infinity Ward, mm. since Sledgehammer's game, if they are making another Call of Duty game after um, Vanguard, that game is likely to be like in the planning stages as of right now. Like, yes, yeah. Vanguard is still like in its um, post-launch po- content life, you know, in the lead up to yeah. Modern Warfare sequel this year, but it's likely that they're in the planning stages of whatever the next game is going to be. And because Activision and Microsoft, you know, are still operating independently, it's likely that they're still going to be, you know, working on ideas for their next Call of Duty game. Modern Warfare, though, that sequel, it's going to be getting, you know, extended life. It's going to be getting content into next year until the, um, the 2024 game comes out. So it's possible that that Infinity Ward's like game, if we start doing the biannual thing for going forward that their next game, if they were doing another Call of Duty, would it come out until 2028? 
and that's assuming sledgehammers came after um, Treyarchs. So like they would have so much time ahead of them that if they wanted to do a different project before that, they could. Like yeah. they would be the one to get that decision to get the opportunity to do that first, as opposed to Sledgehammer. I think it'd be too soon yeah. for Sledgehammer to just like shift trajectories that fast. Yeah, but who uh, knows? Yeah, and then also uh, I I can imagine like Microsoft not wanting to put well maybe not wanting to but like having the idea to not put Call of Duty every year, and then going to the studios like Treyarch, Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer and saying, look. Like, we're not going to stop you if you want to continue working on Call of Duty. Like, we're not uh-huh. going to say you can't. But, yeah. you know, we're just saying that if you wanted to do something else, then, like, you're not... Because I imagine under Activision, like, I mean, I, I definitely said this when we talked about it. If, like, Infinity Ward went to the higher-ups of Activision and we're like, yeah, we want to make we, we want to not make Call of Duty, they'd be like, no, make Call of Duty. <laughs> So what are, you, what are you doing, Surf? Get back to yeah. your, get back to the slubs you belong to. <laughs> get back, go back to your hole. But <laughs> um, but yeah, like I like I imagine Microsoft would be the company, especially if they had the idea and were planning to not release Call of Duty every year, to say, you know, again, we're not going to stop you if you want to make it, but we we encourage you to make something else because, like you say, that like do you say Infinity Ward's game wouldn't be out until twenty? Their next one wouldn't be out until twenty twenty eight. Presumably, if yeah. there's if they put this one out this year and Treyarch doesn't come out to 2024 and the series decides to go biannual and Sledgehammer is is still doing Call of Duty, yeah, Sledgehammer would be 2026 and then Treyarch, I mean, Infinity War would be 2028. Yeah, so like that is six years from now, they have plenty of time to make a whole new Call of Duty in that time, but also like because yeah, they have plenty of time to make a new Call of Duty because then. The baton be handed to Treyarch in 2024. That's four years to make a new Call of Duty if they wanted to. And that's also time to maybe do a smaller project at, as well. Yeah. On the side. But my assumption is that I would I would like bet money that Treyarch and Infinity Ward kind of stick with Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Or another, either like forever or at least for one more game post acquisition. Yeah before one of them decides to do something else in addition to Call of Duty. I could see Sledgehammer being the one to be like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm We're doing our own thing. I, or maybe like a different spinoff of Call of Duty of some sort. Because, I mean, they initially wanted to do a third-person type of Call of Duty game before the first World War II came out. Mm-hmm. I think they had initially, I think it was supposed to be like a third-person Call of Duty set in Vietnam. I believe is what the rumor was, either a rumor or like official confirmation on the team. I forgot exactly what it was. Maybe they decide to go ahead and do that and like revive that idea. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I think this could lead to the series no longer being annualized. I you know, I, I hope that, that if this happens, that Treyarch's game is able to actually, you know, just get time, get a proper development cycle. Cause we've been saying it before, like Treyarch has just gotten like the the run like they've gotten the short end of the stick for the past couple of years in terms of like the development times for their games and also hopefully Trex yeah. next game can be like really good and all and I'm sure also aside from all this like in terms of sales for Vanguard like I'm pretty sure they also hit lower because like people didn't necessarily want another World War II game this year yeah uh, like people we ever since Modern Warfare 2019 came out we've all been saying. Yeah, why are we getting another one now? Like, Modern Warfare is actually really good. We don't need Black mm-hmm. Ops Cold War. 
we don't need Vanguard. Like Black Ops Cold War was fine. Vanguard, fine-ish, I guess. Like that's the first one I didn't get. And although I had issues with Modern Warfare 2019, I would still happily play that game to this day. Yep. Um, if they were still, you know, doing post-launch content for it and everything. So I'm happy that they're gonna be doing that for the sequel. What do we think that this means though for the sequel? Like, are we I do we think that like the expectations for it are gonna be even higher now that it's like you guys don't have to like hold it down for one year. You all have to hold it down for two years now. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly it. Like if, so if you do delay 2000, sorry, I was looking at 2003, 2023's Call of Duty into 2024. I, I mean, as much as people right now with like the previous um, Call of Duty games have been like, yeah, we, you know, give us more content, give us more content. I think now they're going to be like, you, you need to have a fairly regular stream of content coming to Modern Warfare sequel in order to keep people engaged with it enough to keep their, not to keep their minds on Call of Duty, but kind of like fill that gap that a new Call of Duty game isn't going to fill. Yeah. And like, even aside from that, I mean, just like the quality of the game, like, yeah, this this next one needs to be like at least as good as Modern Warfare 2019. Like it can't be, you know, on the level of Black Ops Cold War or Vanguard or World War Two. Like it needs to be at least as good as Modern Warfare 2019, because if this is the game that people are going to be stuck with for two years, people will not play it if it's like if they don't like it if it's not good yeah they're not going to be playing it for two years they'll just play warzone and if the warzone integration isn't good people will bounce off that and go to other games so like there is going to be a lot riding on this modern warfare sequel now that like that pressure was not there before the pressure was already there that hey we need this game to be good because the past two games haven't been received all that well um, but now it's like, oh, we have a we have a two year lifespan for this game, and it's going to be on us yeah. to ride it out. Ooh, okay, hold on. We expectations are going to be raised there, so I'm hoping it's really good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually excited for this one. Unlike Cold War or Vanguard, like I'm excited for this game. So, do we'll see how it turns out. I have a question for you. And what's up? I'm I'm fairly certain the answer this answer to this is gonna be no, but it just popped in my head and I thought it was interesting. Do you think they do some sort of like paid story DLC? Like in 2023? Like a like story expansion yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, not like massive in scope, just like you know, maybe like whatever the campaign for Modern Warfare sequel is gonna be, you I mean, you'll meet characters in that in that story so do you think they could do like you know similar to how like battlefield 5 uh, did its campaign where you have like you know these like mini stories of like a bunch of different people i don't okay so if they were to do story dlc i don't think it would be like visionettes like battlefields battlefield yeah. 5 and battlefield 1 it wouldn't be like that i think it would be either like just a straight up continuation of Modern Warfare 2's story um, in some way, shape, or form. Just, yeah. I don't know if it'd be like a full-on sequel complete um, like, um, continuation, but more maybe like an in-between cool yeah. um, kind of thing. Because <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happened with um, that's what happened with the first Modern Warfare. The first Modern Warfare came out 
And then Spec Ops, the Spec Ops mode in yep. it was supposed to like continue the story afterwards. Of course, Spec Ops kind of sucked, but also Warzone's story continued on from the main campaign. Yep. And like added stuff on in a way. But like obviously it wasn't full on main sequel. It just added like some little story elements to give context for characters being added to Warzone. So if they were to do story DLC, it'd be a first for the series, of course. And we can't really speculate on how deep or substantial it would be no. without knowing the content of that campaign, that game's campaign. But I could see them adding a maybe a, a short, let's say six-ish mission campaign yep. that's that's you know a couple hours long. And yeah, I could see them doing that, possibly. I don't think it's likely though. I think no, what's no. more likely is that all their resources will be dedicated to making new maps. Um, new operators and continuing the story in Warzone because Warzone's the bread and butter. Yeah, that's what that's what they would do most likely. And then there's also their other free to play game, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. So, I think that's more the more likely um, route to go down. But uh, an idea of story DLC that is a cool idea. I do like it. It'd be it'd be nice to see. It'd be nice to see that. All right. So we're now let's let's shift gears. Let's um talk some PlayStation. We got two big playstation updates this week and what well i say too big they're big but like only add some extra details like minor details of things that we already knew about so first up we'll talk playstation vr2 sony this week just dropped the headset yeah they said hey here's a blog post boom this is what the headset looks like and it looks like a vr headset i don't say that in a bad way it doesn't necessarily surprise me by how it looks it's i meant to look up actually what the current pr vr headset looks like but um, i I forgot to i'm gonna look it up now and i yeah sorry um i i looked up just for the show because i wanted to have that comparison and then i looked at psvr and and psvr2 and i'm like oh they painted the front white (laughs) Like, yeah, it go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just gonna like it, it does look different, right? It doesn't look identical to PSVR one, but it looks quite similar. Yeah, so like the the original PSVR, and maybe um Karen will like throw up like side by side comparison yeah. shots uh for those who don't know. But the original PSVR, like the front, it was more like more of a flat front um view on it, and it kind of like curved onto the sides, but the sides were still flat. It was more like a rectangle, a rectangle thing that had a bit of curve on the sides. And then the top part was uh, not not big and bulky, but the kind of like a kind of had like a bulge there at the top <clears throat> uh, for like where your forehead would be. But the new one, it's the the front, it's more it's more curvy. It's not as like straight, like yeah. flat, rectangly, like like a like not so much like a flat screen like the original PSVR. It's more just like a curve. It it just curves around in a bit. It's a slight curve to it. And the four like the little bulge that was on the original kind of where the forehead would be. It's not really like that. It's just like a little uh, looks a bit like a handle of sorts. It, it's tough to explain, yeah. but when you see it, you kind of you understand yeah. what I mean. Uh, but the headset, just a couple details here. It is white just like the PS5. The Sense controllers are also white now. Before we first saw them, they were black. Now those are white too. Uh, if you've seen the Quest 2, I'm sure there are other VR headsets that are like this as well. 
It has four cameras on the front for the inside out tracking. Uh, the PSVR 2 headset also has those cameras for its tracking as well. And like I was saying before, it has a rounded orb-like shape, orb shape to it. Um, that's what they say in the PSVR blog here. Uh, and this, the shape is similar to the controllers, the Sense controllers. And when you just grab a few little details from the PS blog here about it, and which, who wrote it? It was Hideaki Nishino. He's a senior vice president of platform experience over at PlayStation. Uh, he says here that they paid close attention to ergonomics in regards to weight, size, and adjustability. So now it is slimmer and a bit lighter than the original PSVR, uh, which if you look at side-by-side -side comparisons, again, of the units, it is it definitely is slimmer. And I'm sure the lighter part, it looks like it could be lighter as well. Uh, of course, you have to have it on your head to actually know that for yourself. Yeah. But I can see what he means for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the headset features a vent that allows air to flow out so the lenses don't fog up. And he says the vent, it's like on the front in between um, the like the display and mm -hmm. the, the lens. It's tough to see. But if you zoom in actually on not the, if you could kind of see it on the first picture on the blog post. But if you zoom in on the second picture, uh, if, if you zoom in on the VR headset itself from the side by side from the side view, if you looked at the front where the black, like the lip of the um, black part of the headset is, you can kind of see in between there and the white that they have like the little vent. Oh, holes. yeah. So that's where I was like, ah, OK, like it's real subtle. Uh, you won't see it unless you're looking for it. Yeah. So, yeah. They, that they just gave us a look at it and then kind of reiterated some points that we already know about the headset. Like, hey, there's the motor in the back, and it's you have the adjustable um, dial on the headset to adjust the uh, the put the positioning of the lenses if you want to move them farther apart or closer together and all like that. What do you think of the design? I like it. It, it looks um, honestly a lot more premium than the first PSVR did. Um, yes, it does. I do like that they have now like matched the white for the con for the sense controllers to the actual headset rather than having, you know, the controllers be black and then the headset be white. I think that would just mismatch. But mm -hmm. no, like I, I actually think it looks very good. It looks very premium. I like that it's only one cable. Yes, am... they keep they keep reiterating that it's like no, it's <laughs> yeah. only it's only one cable. It's only one cable. And they also did say that the um the US the aux cord jack for like headsets yeah. uh it's in the same place on this headset that it was on in the original one and uh where is it the there's something else that like the placement for it is the same as on the original one so okay they're, they're keeping something similar between the two that they got like good feedback on yeah the <clears throat> excuse me the, the way that i kind of look at it is like with the first iteration of psvr they weren't like exactly sure of how well it would do or how much people would enjoy it or whatever. So they did like not saying they didn't put a lot of thought and effort into the design and, and the ergonomics and everything, but it feels like they've taken a massive leap forward with PSVR two and they have made yeah. it look made it look like I how wow, like I how like how I um would kind of have wanted the PSVR one to look if it was more of a premium device. Yeah, because I mean the PSVR one, it was a it was working with the PS3 move controllers yeah. for its controllers. Like it was it's it's not that it wasn't something like that you said that like 
they weren't invested in. Yeah. But it was like, I, I want to say the idea seemed like a bit of an afterthought for PS4. It wasn't made necessarily with PS with PS4's architecture like in mind, like hand in hand. Yeah. Like PSVR 2 is like, all right, we saw PSVR did pretty well for us and we actually want to pursue this more. We're going to make this side by side with the PS5 hardware with that hardware in mind, with VR in mind, and what it, the potentials mm-hmm. of it can be in mind. like, And that's now how we get this, like you say, a more premium-looking and sounding headset and controller yeah. setup, as opposed to, here's this headset that you need the PlayStation camera for, and then the controllers is going to be the PS3 Move controllers that aren't that accurate, but it gets the job done. It's like, it, yeah. PSVR 1 seemed more like a, we want to dip our we want to do VR. Let's dip our toes into it. Let's test it out with this setup. And it's working out well. All right, we're going all in on the next one. And we're going to give you like an actual nice headset, nice controllers that are made for and good perfect fit for VR. Yeah, the uh like something just came out of my head of like it kind of reminds me of so when the Oculus first came out, you couldn't buy like an Oculus. You could buy a like you could buy a development kit, or I can't remember what it was called. It, it was basically a dev kit where like it wasn't a consumer version whereas uh-huh. which i think is like somewhat akin to like P- the kind of structure of psvr one versus two where it's like the first one yes it was a consumer version but at the same time it was more like built for function rather than like making it look nice and making it you know with all of its own hardware like its own dedicated controllers whereas psvr2 yeah is like the consumer version of the Oculus where like they've put a lot more time into like, you know, the mm-hmm. design and how it works and all that kind of stuff. I, I get what you're saying. I completely yeah. get what you're saying and all. I'm hoping I, well, one, I like the design. I do like as if it, if there wasn't clarity, yeah. I do like the design, I like the way it looks and all. My only hope is that uh, the, the core, the one single wire that it's not, uh, it doesn't get in the way of anything. I doubt it will because it's again, it's only one cord as opposed to the multi-cord, multi-box setup that the original yeah. PSVR had. It's just the one cord. Um, so there's that. But I'm also hoping that the weight of it is good because the reason I have my Quest 2 and I really like my Quest 2. Yeah. The reason I don't play it that much though is because it does not sit stay on the front of my face. Like for a time it did. But after a couple of months, whenever I would play it, it would slowly just slide down my face. And I'd constantly have to move it up, move it up while I was playing. It's just like, yeah. I can't keep doing that while I'm playing. So like, I need to get something that could be like a counterweight in the back to, you know, so it stays up. If the PSVR 2 has the same issue, it's going to be really annoying. So I'm hoping that either the adjustable strap is good enough to have it so that I can have it stay up on my face or that yeah. the weight of it is enough so that it stays on my face. Does it like constantly slide down like after 30 minutes of playing or anything like that so that's my that was my only hope with it but other than that i think the headset looks cool i'm looking i'm looking forward to it coming out that price it's i'm i'm worried about that price that's the one thing that i'm worried about i'm sure that's the one thing everyone's worried about that and of course games game support but that price of getting on in for places vr admission i'm hoping it's Five hundred dollars and not more than that, because that's going to be a tall ask for a lot of people. Yeah, I suppose if we have one hope for the headset, I hope that the one cable is removable, like just oh, not like consistently plugged in. Yeah, just because 
if that one wire is like attached to the headset and if it ever breaks, you need to buy a new headset or you need to send it in for repair. Whereas if it was removable and say it was just a USB-C cable, then you could just go and order another one off Mm. Amazon. So, well, they did say that like it connects to the to the console through USB C, so I imagine it is a yeah. removable cord. Yeah, I mean, like I said, because I, I mean, if if you are you know standing up and moving around, and you know you could tug on the cable, you could pull it loose from the head. Like, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with a singular cable being fixed to the headset. So I I, yeah. I do hope it's removable, but yeah, um, I'm hoping my I'm hoping it's long enough so that like. Yeah, I don't accidentally not my, like pull my my console down because yeah. I'll be playing with it like in the space right in front of my um TV, and my my PS Five is right next to my TV, and the space between space where I'll be playing is really not far from the console at all. Mm-hmm. It's literally like inches away from my bed. I mean, from where I, from where I am right now. So I doubt my like I tug the cord and like knock the knock the console down, but I also don't want to have to worry about that. Give it enough <laughs> yeah. slack so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, um, my one worry is uh, scalpers. Yeah, <laughs> there's also that too. Like, this is something I want to get. I don't think I'll get it holiday, like when it comes out. If it comes out this year, yeah. I don't think I'll be getting it day one as much as I would love to. It's, so, it's more so something I think I'll get, like, if it comes out this year, let's say next year or in the beginning of 2024. Like, I'll probably need some time before I jump on it because, again, scalpers and also just priorities money and all like that so yeah we'll yeah, see like, we'll see how it goes yeah I, I think i'm in the same boat as you is like i would i probably wouldn't get it at launch but it's definitely something i want to get and i probably wouldn't get it at launch again because the scalpers and availability and all that but also i would want it to have like a good pool of games when i mm-hmm. well you see like i if assuming it's backwards compatible with regular ps vr games I have some of my library that I've downloaded from PS um, that I've added from PlayStation Plus. There's also Astrobot Rescue Mission, which I've heard a lot of great things about too. And then um, I think Resident Evil 7, you can download the VR version of it because it's on Resident Evil 7 is on PlayStation Plus collection. So I think you can get the VR version for free. So, I mean, there would be that too if you wanted to really like immerse yourself in Resident Evil, Karen. Yeah, I'm just like really scared yourself. No, I'm good. Give it a try. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't. Well, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I have to finish that game, actually. I'm still, like, four hours in. I haven't finished it. I haven't touched it in almost a year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if they do it like that, that you already have a built-in library of PSVR yeah. games, then it's just going to add on with the PSVR 2 library. Hopefully, Horizon Call of the Wild is there day one. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, when we were talking about Call of the Wild, it's like I would love that to be, like, the like the Astros Playroom of PSVR where it's built yeah. in and it's like you get it with the with the unit and it shows you everything you can do with the system. Yeah. It'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Now, our little our second bit of a PlayStation update news stuff over here is we got some potential PlayStation Spartacus prices from Jeff Grubb over at GamesBeat. For those who may not know or need a reminder, Spartacus is PlayStation's codenamed um Game Pass competitor of sorts. And it's what it's going to offer is a couple different things, but we know it's going to have three different tiers at three different prices. And we have an idea of what the names of the tiers are and what each thing will offer. Now, again, most of these details, we already knew. We already knew what tier, what each tier was going to have. We, we did not know before were the prices. 
And of course, these prices are not official, they're not confirmed. But as Jeff Grubb says, it's, I think he says like it's either he got this from a source or it's like basically um, like it's leaked information that's all but true. Um, I'm just going back to his article right now, right now. And yeah, basically they just got a scoop and it seems like this is what the prices are going to be. But of course, anything can change. So here are the three tiers. At the bottom tier, we have PlayStation Plus Essential, which is $10. And of course, this is monthly prices. So $10 per month. That's This is basic PS Plus. What the This is the PlayStation Plus that we have right now. They get you online gaming, free monthly games, cloud save, special discounts. So, but bottom tier, current PlayStation Plus essentially. That's not changing. $10 per month. Second tier is PlayStation Plus Extra. This gets you a catalog of older games that you can download for $13 per month. This catalog of older games, one can assume that it would be the games you could download off of PlayStation Now. That's what one would assume based off the information we have. So just basically, as all the rumors have been saying, basically taking PlayStation Now and merging with PlayStation Plus, in a sense, and just getting rid of PlayStation Now on its own. That's $13. PlayStation Plus Premium, is the top tier, and that is $16. PlayStation Plus Premium gets you everything from below and also game streaming. It gets you a library of classic titles and game trials for new PlayStation games. Although this last bit, it's unknown if this is for all games that are on PlayStation or just like first-party games. So like we don't know by when they say trials to new PlayStation games, like if the next Naughty Dog game is going to be the trial. Like if only like the next Naughty Dog game, the next Gorilla game, those games would have the free trial. Or if say, I don't know, Lego Star Wars 17 or, (laughs) um, all right, let me pick a, let me pick a better game. Cause that was just one I pulled out of nowhere. Like Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Yeah. Or a party game. If that would get like a free game trial. So one more time, bottom PlayStation Plus Essential, $10. Current PlayStation Plus, basic what we have right now. PlayStation Plus Extra is $13. Gets you that and also a catalog of older games that you can download. PlayStation Plus Premium, top tier at $16. Gets you game streaming, a library of classic titles, and game trials for new games on PlayStation. We know these prices now. What are you thinking? Do we think that these prices are fine? Are they good? Do you think that they're that they're justified for the content that you're getting with each um, tier? What are your thoughts on it? I think for the first two tiers, the I, I think the prices are running about right. I think that for I mean, PS Plus is, well, essential is the same price it is now, right? Yeah, ten dollars yeah. per month. Yeah, so that doesn't change, and I mean, PS Plus essential as it would be is already pretty damn good. So. That I don't have a complaint with. Paying an extra $3 a month for a catalog of older games you can download. So basically, like, even if it was like half of the games in PlayStation now, that's still like three, 400 games. So, like, mm-hmm. an, extra, an extra $3 for an extra 400 games, sign me up 100%. Yeah. The, the one that I have like a little bit of an issue with is PS Plus Premium, where for $16, gets you game streaming library classic titles uh, and game trials for new PlayStation games. I think if it was for not like 
every single game that's launching on PlayStation, but like, you know, say it was every PlayStation first party title and all games from, or like a majority of games from like bigger third party publishers. So you could try them before you buy them. That uh-huh. I think would be worth it. But if it's just for, if it's just for PlayStation, PlayStation first party games, which they release like two, maybe three a year at most, but usually two. That one I think would probably be better suited at maybe like fourteen dollars, fifty, fifteen dollars. I I, uh-huh. I don't know. In my head, there's just something not clicking about sixteen dollars for that kind of jump up in features. And I also think that if if they offered something like Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate does with like you know, you get like a three-month trial for Discord Nitro or a three-month trial for YouTube Premium or Spotify or you get these in-game packs for Apex or Call of Duty Warzone or whatever, then I, then I think PS Plus Premium would be would be a pretty good deal. But as it stands right now, there's... I, I don't think it's an absolutely unreasonable price. There's just uh-huh. something not clicking in the back of my head with the list of features versus the price. Um. Well, real quick on your last point there about like exclusive like packs or whatever in free to play games, you get that with PlayStation Plus right now. Oh, like, as a PlayStation Plus subscriber, yeah, as a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you can get like there's a set of like free skins you can get for Fortnite right now. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they have like some that are like that for Apex too. It's if I forgot where it is, but I think it's like in the special offer section of like the PlayStation Plus um category on the PS5 or PS4. Like they yeah. they have that as a thing. And I think it gets I don't know if it's only like hey, here's the one for everybody forever. I think yeah. like sometimes they add like uh, there'll be like a new one that gets added every couple months. I think I don't know cuz again, I don't play those games that like really take advantage of that. So yeah. like it doesn't really matter to me any which way. Um but that is a thing on base PlayStation Plus Ooh. right now. Actually, um, sorry, I have I have one more thing to add. Something that I think would be very beneficial for PS Plus Premium, like PlayStation have a you know they bought part of Discord, so why like yeah. you know you could incorporate Discord Nitro into that. Well, they didn't. I don't know if they bought it. It's that they they yeah, announced yeah. like a partnership and yeah, integration. They, they 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 I'm pretty sure they invested money into Discord. Yeah, some they didn't should have buy them though. It was no, it yeah, was no, some no. type of like partnership announced. I forgot the specifics of it. Yeah. So like so like they could include Discord Nitro as a like you know you I was gonna that. say that after you um mentioned it before. Like that's yeah. gonna be one of the other things. Like I think that they could do it. That is something they could do. And of course, they just have probably we might find that out when they officially unveil all this stuff. Like who who knows? Yeah. Or like you could say you get Crunchyroll premium, you get Funimation premium. Like they they have things that they could put into this service at the higher tier that would kind of bolster up a bit. Like I, I'm interested to see when they officially announce it, what what all you will get included in your $16 a month if that's the price. See, I think though, I think that they would want to keep PlayStation Plus gaming focused. I don't think they want to start mixing in um multimedia stuff into PlayStation Plus. Although yeah. it'd be a good value proposition, sure. Throw in Crunchyroll in there, throw Funimation stuff in there too. Yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. But then you start, that starts, uh, as they would say, you know, crossing the streams, bleeding the waters, in a sense. And I think that they want to keep gaming stuff focused on gaming stuff and the media stuff focused on media stuff. 
I think that's kind of what they want to do. I mean, you look at the PS5 right now, media is its own tab. Like you don't have your yeah. gaming stuff and your media stuff combined. Like they're they are separate. So I don't think that they would add Crunchyroll into PlayStation Plus Premium, although it would be a fine value proposition. Uh, but then I get yeah. it brings up the question of how many people find the value in that. Yeah. Because again, people are like, I subscribe to PlayStation Plus for these gaming related things. I don't care about anime at all anyway shape or form like i subbed to it for gaming stuff uh so there's that i think um what was oh with the playstation plus with the playstation game trials and all i think like yes they only put out like two or three games per year but i mean there's also the entire playstation 4 library that's already out yeah and for those who might have a PS4 and have a hat play those games or just got a PS5 and haven't played all those games. And, you know, they have the PS, the, you know, they have the PlayStation Plus collection, but not all the per- first party games are in the PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus collection. That's a way to try out some of those older games that they never got around to. Like yep. Ghost of Tsushima, for example, it's not in there. So, you know what? I want to try it. If the trial is like 10 hour trial, I get to play a good 10 hours of Ghost of Tsushima, assuming that. I'm able to play it at all after the download <laughs> finishes. I'm hoping to God they don't actually have that just continue yeah. sticking around. Um, Sackboy, play a trial of that. Could do a trial for Death Stranding, although I think that's still going on. Um, could do a trial for, you know, a litany of PlayStation games. And it'd be awesome if this also extended to the VR games too. Yeah. Because then once you get PSVR 2, it's like, all right, there's all these other PSVR games here. Let me try this one, see how this one is. Let me try this one, see how this one is. Maybe the trial times for those will be shorter, assuming that the VR game, because I, I assume that the VR games will be shorter than like these full-blown yeah. console games. So trials for those might be like an hour or two hours as opposed to a 10-hour trial. But uh, like I, I'm sure they would extend it to those as well. I, mean, or I would at least like to think they would because that would be the smart thing to do. So, and I think like the, the game trials, like... Only looking forward might be a bit, not specifically talking about you, but only looking forward on it might like yeah. only being looking at like part of the picture. Like that might not be seeing the entire picture for it uh, in regards to like the value you can get from that as a current PlayStation owner yeah. um, or even a new PlayStation owner. And I saw other people saying online, Oh, game trials isn't that like that sucks. It's not the same as like getting the games day one. Yes, it's not the same as getting the games day one, but it was never like it was always uh like a cold day and gonna be a cold day in hell. Yeah, exactly. Maybe before we saw PlayStation put their games day one on a subscription service like this, as they've already said, not sustainable, not least for their games, um, or for them, period. But putting these game trials on there is a way to get people to be like, you know what. I'm going to try the next Hideo Kojima. I'm going to try Death Stranding 2. You know, yeah. I've, I, I heard weird things about the first one. Let me let me download this trial of the second one. And if I like it, I'll buy it. Yep. You know, as opposed to just writing it off entirely because you don't, you know, and not potentially getting giving um Sony your money. Like it, it's yeah. it's like a it's a it's a gateway. It's a gateway into getting these games and getting more money into Sony's pockets. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, I the the thought did cross my mind when you were talking about like 
you know, like, yes, it would be awesome to include trials for, you know, the entire PS4 library. But then I also have to ask is like, how many people would find value in that for people who have had a PS4 for however many years and have already played Ghost of Tsushima and God of War and Horizon and all these games. So like, like I don't get me wrong. I like, I like the idea and I think it would work well for them. I just similar, similar to your thing of like how many people would find value in Crunchyroll if they added that to, that mm-hmm. to PS Plus Premium, I I wonder how many people would find value in, you know, getting a game trial for a game that came out seven years ago. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's similar to you know, the uh, the Xbox side of things with Game Pass. Like, Game Pass got introduced in what 2017. Yep. So, you could say that like, oh well, where's the value in this for people that have had Xbox One since day one and have had yeah, exactly. and have like played all these games? Like, yeah, they've they've played them all. Sure, some I mean a lot of them might have played them all, but people who are just joining the ecosystem haven't played them at all. So like there is still the value there. There's still value in it for, even if it may not be for those that have been there since day one and played all those games. Like it's, you gotta, you gotta think about the people that have been there since day one and might not have played all those games or the people and the people who are just joining in for the first time. And they're like, all right, there's all these games. Let me see. Let me try this one. Let me try that one. Let me try that one. So on and so forth. And just go from there. Yep. So yeah, I, I I saw a lot of people online um, saying like, oh, this is all we're getting. And it's like, all right, guys, we've, we've known this is what was going to be in it for a while yeah. now. Let's not, like, this information is brand new. The price is what's brand new. And I think the, the $16, well, the $10, cool. $13, fine. I think the $16, I personally am fine with it. I think it is right at that fine line of, if it was 17, it would have been too much. Yeah. If it was 15, 15 would have been perfect. But 16 is like just that amount over that you can go where it's like yeah, reasonable without being like, all right, what are you doing here now? Like what, what's going on here? So I think it it's a fine line. It's a fine line. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to how good the streaming is what mm-hmm. these classic titles are and like how many are there and like i guess the specifics of the game trials the game trials maybe less so but definitely like that classic that library of classic titles a lot of people are going to be wondering what are these classic titles and, and are they downloadable are they only streamable how many are there or more going to be added over time like those things are going to matter a lot for people for the premium um, tier. I think that's actually what's going to drive the premium tier more than the trials and than anything. Like being able to play these older games, that's going to get a lot of people to sub. Yep. So you got to hope. You got to hope that PS2 games can be downloaded if they're in there. You got to hope that PlayStation 1 games, if they are in here, can be downloaded. You got to hope that PS3 games, if they are in here, for sure can be downloaded because streaming it's again it's an alternative it's not the final solution no exactly it's not the ideal way so i'm i'm hoping that they will have found out a way to get backwards compatible stuff running for ps3 games that way we can get them downloaded on the systems and then you can have people playing games like metal gear solid 4 infamous 1 and 2 on ps3 
I mean, on PS, um, PlayStation 5, Starhawk, Warhawk, Lair, just for the lols, um, <laughs> heavy, not Heavy Rain, um, he, um, Heavenly Sword, like old, those older games and stuff, which, yeah, might not have been all that critically acclaimed, but still, it's like, th- let's, let's get some of these, let's get some of these games back up here, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with that tier. But overall, I think the prices are fine. I think they're justified. That top tier is going to have a, a lot of work cut out for it. Yeah. That's it, really. That's it for the news this week. Yeah. Unless Karen has any final thoughts on uh, any of this PlayStation stuff or the Call of Duty stuff, I think we're all newsed out for episode 47. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be in agreement with you on that. All right. So then with all that being said and out the way... We're going to jump into what we've been playing this week. Um, I'll go first real quickly because yep. I don't think I'll have as much to say as you do. Well, I have some I have stuff to say, but I imagine, you know, we'll want to talk a bit more about what you've been playing. Um, of course, I've been continuing Horizon Forbidden West this week. Um, when we recorded, I had only played about eight or so hours. I am now at like 26 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. I am a healthy chunk of the way through. In terms of story progress, um, I am I am going to get Demeter. Uh, in terms, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. I'm going to get Demeter, and I got the other two things already. I got the other okay. two things I need. I'm now going to get Demeter. Um, so I kind of I met the um, I met like the Tanakh leader. He's really cool. I met some of his people and all, did stuff with them. Really love those characters. Really like that story arc and all like that. Um, went on down to Vegas, did, did some stuff down in Vegas. Vegas was cool. Vegas was awesome. I'm not going to sp- spoil anything about what goes on there, but that was really cool. Um, so now I'm going even further west to do another set of story stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still really enjoying the game. I'm still having fun with it. I have had more, I've noticed more technical issues. And again, they're minor things. Yeah. Like for, like, for example, I, I uh, was like taking out some robots and stuff and there were like some Tanakh rebels on the, right on the machines. Right. So I killed everyone. And then like one of the bodies was just like spazzing nonstop the entire time, just spazzing out after it died. And I was just like, you're not that uncommon a sight. Like, not specifically like spazzing, but it's like just weird minor glitches and bugs like that. Yeah. Which, again, they are minor in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. and they don't, like, impair the the actual game and, like, the enjoyment of it. But it's just another one of those things where it's like, yeah, could have used a bit more polish here. Could have used a tiny bit more polish on this game. Yeah. Again, just like, you know, the clipping when um, do the through ladders when you jump onto the ladder she does she like she kind of swings a bit like her body just visibly just goes right on through it a bit <laughs> yeah um like the the climbing i love like i love that you can you know have more freedom in terms of like climbing up surfaces and all like that but even that could be like janky in terms yeah. of like like getting from one point to another can be a bit janky and like even when she does it sometimes her body like it'll be right here and she'll put her arm like her arm will go like like her arms are like this, and then she'll put her arm like, eh, like <laughs> yeah. under 
under and backwards and then move over. Like it's yeah, it's weird seeing it sometimes. It's like these like minor things. They don't like drag the game down. They're like, let me not let me rephrase that. They don't make me sit here and say, man, this game is like bad. It's like not like that. It's just like could have used an extra like once or two more times over of polish to like iron yeah. these things out some. Uh they did put out a patch in the week to fix some like visual bugs. I was even noticing some of those where like I was doing one side mission. It was a side mission where I was helping uh, the an Otaru like set of people. I was helping them. I had to go get some, um, had to go get some like tubs or like containers from the, they're not the snap turtles. It's the, 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 the jaw ones that the, I forgot what they're called. I think they're called like the wide jaws or wide maws or something like that. Um, I don't think I've met them yet. They're good. I like the design. They're fun. <laughs> they're fun. They have like this giant mouth, and when it opens up, it has like a vacuum inside it that like sucks stuff in. Oh, okay. Um, they're cool. So I was doing a mission for the Utah where I had to go up, I had to go get some containers from them. And you have to climb up this, like inside this cavern, inside this cave, it gets to like the top of this mountain up to where these uh, machines are. Mm. And when you're going up, there was a point where like I was about to be at the very top and the lighting was just visibly changing, like mm. on a snap fly. Like it was like someone was just flicking a switch, just like flick, flick, like constantly. If like I, I would go to one point, like right there at the cusp, I would be, I would like jump and the lighting would change instantly. And it was utterly bizarre because I wasn't yeah. trying to go up just yet. I was trying to like go around and grab something else, but the lighting was just changing. It was like, if I hit a certain elevation point, the lighting would just instantly change. It was really weird. And then like, it was another point where I was in the open world going to somewhere, forgot where, but the day night cycle was like going on overtime. It was like, it was like, it's nighttime. Wait, no, 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 no. We need to be at like noon right now. What do you mean? It's 11 PM. We need to be at noon. Let's get it going. Get it going. <laughs> it was like, I was like, is this supposed to be doing this to like try and catch up for a story reason? Cause I was nearing a story on mission. So I was like, is it trying to do this so it can be like a certain time of day for the story mission? Or is this just like the time of day just being all kinds of out of whack? Mm. I wasn't quite sure. And I, I can't stress enough, like these, these bugs and like things happen. And it's not like I'm sitting here like, oh man, the game's again, again. Yeah. But I'm just like, it's like, huh, interesting. Yeah. I'm like, huh. Okay. Like it, they, they kind of add up. In a sense. Yeah. I think the one that annoys me the most, though, is when I'm riding my charger out in the open world and I'm riding it and then, like, it just stops and I can't yeah. move forward. I don't know if you've had that happen sometimes, but like, you're, your riding, choice, yeah. you're, like, you're riding and then it stops and you're like, okay. And then you go to the left to go forward and you can't go forward and you can't go forward at yeah. all. So you got to back up and then go like around. It's like you hit like a weird invisible wall of sorts. Like, that is, that's happened to me sometimes. And sometimes when it happens, like machines are coming after me and I'm like, no, 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 no. That yeah. was not the time. That was not the time. Don't do this. Don't do this. Like that's actually been the most annoying like bug I've had um, more than once. But all that aside, I'm playing the game. I'm still having fun with it. I'm still having a blast um, uncovering this story, uh, which has gotten very very deep and has expanded so much after um i forgot what the mission is like what the mission name is but once you 
there's a point in the game where you get to a mountain and then after that you have to do a whole lot of stuff on the west side um karen you'll you'll know what like the mission is that i'm talking about if you've done it um because it's the mission that basically you do this you get here and then after that now you have to go find these things in the world like these three things in the world yeah yeah after you like once you do that and then it's like oh we now we're we're like taking the lid off this story and it's like explaining so much stuff and once i hit that point i was like i'm so fascinated learning all this information and like just the mythology and lore behind the world of horizon has just been blown up in such an awesome way i'm in love with it uh i'm loving the side characters that we meet again um uh hikaru i believe is the name of the tanakh leader meeting him and interacting with him um katalo he's one of the marshals that um of the tanakh clan interacting with him like just learning about the tanakh and their tribe their different tribes that they have their different clans and how their different leaders are it's so awesome and so fascinating um like there's like at the in the beginning of the game where you meet uh when you go into the embassy and the embassy uh you meet marshal vashav mm-hmm. who was formerly a carja he got captured and you're you're interacting with him and he's telling you he's like yeah like all the things that we had learned before that I was told before like being there with the tanakh i learned might not have been all that true like yeah. they actually have like this different type of lifestyle that's not what i've been told so then like you see some Tanakh and you're like, whoa, they seem so vicious and stuff. But after you spend all this time with them, at least so far right now, it's like, he's right. Like the Tanakh are not kind of what I thought they were going to be. Like they're, they're like their own people. They're, they're not like these vicious, crazy murderers, bloodthirsty killers out here. So like, I'm, I'm enjoying all that. Same with the combat. I'm getting, I've gotten better with the combat, you know, again, just learning each of the different machines and stuff. The melee combat, it's good. I still, it gets a bit finicky sometimes, but um, it's still fine. It's still cool. Most of my time is just with the bow and arrow anyway. It's like pow, pow, yeah. pow, 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 pow. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying Forbidden West. I'm hoping to be done with it by the time we record next week. That may or may not happen because I also want to like do side stuff too. Like I'm enjoying this game so much, so so much. I don't want to just like mainline and mainline to the end of the game now. Yeah. Um, but I'm having a good time with it. We'll see where I am progress wise next week. Yeah. If um, I, I've done like one or two story missions um, since we last spoke, so I am without like going too much into it. I am going to somewhere to get permission to go into a cave. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, you're going to, I mean, this is a spoiler, but you're going to um the it's a plane song. The yeah, the um the Utaru, like that there's their capital, I guess you could say the capital yeah. of the Utaru. Have you been have you gotten there yet or no? No, I, I stopped like outside of Plains Hall because uh, like, right. it was late and I wanted to go to bed. So so you've never like been inside Plain Song though. No. This would be you know, Plain Song. Plain Song is beautiful. It's probably my favorite environment in the entire game zone. Oh, okay. Like, bar none, it is gorgeous. I posted um pictures on Twitter. Like, I posted, like, a nice thread, like, of, like, screenshots I have mm-hmm. and everything on my Twitter. And I posted one from Plain Song, and I was like, it reminds me so much of Killer Cook from Final Fantasy X. 
like if Final Fantasy fans will know exactly what I mean, they'll get why I made that comparison because it just looks, it's just so, so cool. I love it so much. I don't want to spoil anything for you about it. You'll see it when you get on in there. But that's enough about Horizon Forbidden West unless you have more to say about your experience playing it. Nope. All right. Kieran has left the Forbidden West yeah. and he has gone to the Tarnished Lands. I'm forgetting the name of them. The Lands the Between. The Lands Between, yes. Because he is a Tarnished and he has been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Surprisingly, he did it. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me about it. You, you take the lead here on Elden Ring. You're playing okay. it on PS5 as well. Um, why, did, why didn't you get it on Xbox? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I just, like, I, I, I looked at the Xbox version, I looked at the PS5 version, and I was like, it doesn't really matter what platform I get it on. So I just, like, Essentially, closed my eyes and was like, uh, you and picked PS5. All right, cool. I was, um, I was just curious. Yeah. So, uh, I'm also I'm going to start the gameplay. Uh, okay. Now, very surprisingly, I've been playing Elden Ring. Even more surprisingly, I've actually kind of been enjoying it. Um, like it. Ooh. Don't get me wrong. I am in the very, very early stages of the game. The gameplay I have here is, I've played it for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour. So like, it. It, is, it is like right at the start of the game. Um, but like it, it is a lot more accessible. I feel like, and, and FromSoft said this themselves, like it is, a, it is more accessible than their previous games. Uh, I will Hold also on. say. I was about to say real quick. I just want, I saw someone say on Twitter, uh, they made a nice distinction that when talking about accessible, uh, you should meet, you should say approachable if you approachable, mean like sorry, it's yeah. easier to get into as opposed to accessible since accessible and approachable are two different things and yeah. I was like that is an important distinction sorry yes I meant approachable um, it's it's a lot less challenging I feel like up front than my experience with something like Bloodborne um, okay but the so the gameplay I have here is basically you're walking through a um, through like a cavern basically and this game is like I've watched a bunch of reviews for it. I've watched a bunch of like, um, or read a bunch of like, not not like guided walkthroughs and stuff, but like you know, things to do in the world. And everyone's uh -huh. like, like exploration is in this game is the best. Like the the open world is like very unique and well like well thought out. And there's a lot of stuff to do. And like you uh -huh. should just explore. So yeah. that's, do you, that's. Do you not have a torch because this cave, either the cave no, is super dark, not. or um, I just, or my screen is just like glare and everything. <laughs> no. So this, the, this cave is super dark. I don't have a torch yet. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's designed like that. So that's that's why I didn't I didn't make this section like massively long, is because like you can't like really see what I'm doing, but gotcha. the kind of the the more important part does have campfires in it, so it's it's more visible. Gosh, um, for your life in here with an ally, I think, right? No, so um, basically, I I don't necessarily know what that is. I know they've had it in previous uh, FromSoft games. I think it's like somebody else who's run through here who has, and is like you just see them running around, so you know. Yeah, with their ghost. Yeah, so it's kind of like, hey, go and look over here, or go look over here. But gotcha. Um, so basically, you start the game. You do this kind of little intro section, and then there is. I don't. I don't know. It's not really a spoiler, but I, I just. I don't think I'm going to say it anyway, just in case. But then basically, you wake up in a cave after something happens, right? 
Um, and then you fight your way out of the cave and you basically open up the door and you have the lands between in front of you. I can't remember the name of the starting area off the top of my head. Um, and then you kind of walk a little bit off to the left and you find your, or you find one of the first like sites of grace, which is like the bonfire of this game. Yeah. Um, from what I have seen, they are a lot more available than in previous FromSoft games. Like they're a lot more dotted around. I think that's just because the, the world is like fully open and is much larger um, than what they've previously made. Um, game's gorgeous, like ab- like absolutely stunning. It's like I mean, not, not that you can really tell in areas like this where it's dark, <laughs> but like like the if blackness. To- <laughs> it's just it's immaculate. <laughs> yeah, but like if if you were to go out in the open world and walk around, then like you you would you would be like damn. Um, and you have classes you can prick from, like right at the start. I chose Vagabond just because um, in one of the things I read, it's like, if you're not so experienced with Souls games, choose Vagabond. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll choose that. Um, yeah. So basically you start with a sword and a shield. Um, and then basically you start with a sword and shield and they're like, okay, go. Like they don't, there's no like... There is tutorials. There is like um, like information pop-ups that happen. There's, you know, like this is how you do this thing. This is what this is for. But there's no like, you know, here's your quest marker to go over here. Here's like, you know, a marker on your map for an NPC you need to go talk to. Like there are no map markers. There are no like waypoints in the world other than ones you place yourself. It is literally just you have this massive open world. Go and explore. We're not going to spoon feed you. We're not going to give you stuff. You know, we're not going to tell you to go over here because there's something important. You have to go and find it for yourself, which is very refreshing when you come from like Ubisoft games and like massive mm-hmm. EA open worlds where they have like a million map indicators for you to go and do. This has literally none. There are. Mm-hmm. I was, well, was going to ask, like, do you do you find that to be a good thing? Like, are you enjoying that? Do you like that? There's no guidance in terms of where to go or do you find it to be something that could be like annoying or handicap or um frustrating like for you uh i mean for me i'm actually quite enjoying it i mean like i said it's it's quite refreshing coming from like open worlds that are like you know you have to go here you go and do this thing there's this million things in this one area for you to do like i am liking that it is there's my, there you go first death um, <laughs> But like I, like I died am... from Grendel and Grendel's children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, like I am liking that it is more. We're just gonna leave you to go and do your own thing. Like you can literally walk right across the map, like right after you kind of get out of the area. So this is, um, just quickly. This is where I cut it so that like you weren't watching me run through, um, like and die same, a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before I beat this boss, I think I tried, uh, this is like the fifth attempt, sixth attempt, maybe. Um, okay. So it didn't take me super long to beat this boss, but like uh, if you were watching the health bar of the boss when I was hitting him before, it was going down a fair chunk with each hit. So this is definitely one of the more like starter bosses of the world. Yeah. Um, that being said, I was watching my friend play, uh, play Elden Ring on Thursday night because I think he got it slightly early. And literally, you open the door and are presented the world. And right there, like maybe like four or 500 feet away, there is a big gold dude on a horse 
that like I've seen people like post footage of fighting it. <laughs> yeah, there is like like my friend who is like quite good at, at Souls like games. Um, like I've watched him play. Like he's played Dark Souls one, two, and three, Sekiro, Bloodborne, and basically all of them. And uh, he was he tried like at least fifteen times to kill it and got nowhere close. So I was like, Sheesh. yeah. So like it, I actually kind of like how, like you, because you would assume that like you know the big gold dude on the horse as soon as you walk out the door is going to be somebody who, you know, might be challenging but isn't going to be you know impossible to kill. Whereas the reality is, he's actually very difficult, and I I have snuck her snuck around him every time I've gone out that door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there, there's someone else that I'm not going to go into it because I, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't played it but like basically if you start here there's an area like kind of back a bit and like off to the side like over here that like okay. I I started riding um, my horse across and then something happened and I was like well I'm never going back to that area again um, <laughs> or at least not for a very very long time um, yeah like it's it's challenging it's fun um, don't get me wrong it's not like my favourite like game I've played this year or like I'm not like so in love with it like I have to keep continuing but like I am going to keep playing it because I I want to I want to at least say I I have beaten the first major boss that's that's my okay. one goal for this game is so far is just beat the first major boss um, yeah, I was going to ask if you think like you if you're at the point yet where you think where you're like I want to see this through to completion or if you're just kind of like I like it and I want to keep playing uh, if you're like going to stop at a certain point, or like, do you are, are you thinking right now that you want to try and complete this game? Like, I know you said my goal right now is to beat them at least one boss or the first yeah. boss. But like, do you think like you actually want to like finish the game, like get to the end and you know beat it and all, or you're you're not quite sure if you're like that in love with it yet, or if the game is like gotten so difficult that you're like, woof, <laughs> about to put you on hold, or don't know if I'll be coming back to you. Um. I'm I'm at the point right now where like I'm still kind of undecided whether I want to like finish it to completion. I'm leaning mm-hmm. more towards yes. I I, I want to try and and get through this game, but at the same time I'm not like so in love with it that I have to finish it. Um, yeah. especially I imagine. Sorry, I'm sorry. Me. I was gonna say I imagine that like if you putting a, if you put it on pause, you're like all right, yeah, I'll I'll like finish it at some point in time later down the road, and like you come back to it six months later, it's gonna be like. What was I doing? How do I <laughs> yeah. play? What's going on? And then it's like, ah, oh, man, I might as well start all over, or I'm going to be like in for a rough ride trying to relearn this game. You know, it's like Souls yeah. games definitely seem more like ones where if you're not really a Souls player, if you're trying to finish the game, you better just commit to it for the time being. Don't put it on pause and come back to it months later. Yeah, it reminds me of the meme where it's like, like I've seen it on TikTok a bunch, where it's like you pick up a game after like six months and it cuts to Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, be like, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> um, exactly. But no, like I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not super turned off by it. it, it I'm not. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would, because mm-hmm. I mean, like I have said on the show many times, I am not a Souls person. I'm not good at video games. Like I just I, I tried to beat the literally the first boss in Bloodborne sixty times and couldn't do it, so I, mm-hmm. I never never played that game again. But this this is one where I'm like, because it is more approachable and I think they have kind of tailored it to where 
if you're a veteran of the Soul series, then you're still going to really enjoy it. But at the same time, if you are not super versed in the Soul series or like for, or a from soft game more broadly, then you can still get into it a bit easier than you could say Dark Souls or or Bloodborne. Um, but like, okay, that's good. See, see there you go. I, I beat the you boss. Beat yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. But yeah, like now I, it's not to die from the you know the minions. <laughs> see, that's another thing that I actually quite like is like the minions are scared of me now that I've beaten their. Like they're big. oh really yeah so I like, didn't realize that I saw them just like beating you up after you killed him <laughs> yeah so like um I think the gameplay is way end here but like it that that surprised me actually because like I, I would have assumed that because it's a FromSoft game you know the combat doesn't stop just because you beat the boss like if there are other enemies around like you're you're not done but I was yeah. surprised I was surprised that like I turned around and they were they were like cowering away from me so. Oh, I was, that, they're like was, we we kneel beneath your power. <laughs> yeah, you um, you tarnished. We escape. We are beneath you. <laughs> Don't harm us, poor skeletons. Don't ever do anything to us. And then I'm just like sword. Um, it's not like we were attacking you two seconds ago. Yeah. Um, no, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. I'm definitely definitely intrigued to continue although i don't know how far i'm gonna get because everything that i've watched um especially like a couple of reviews the reviewers have said like i like i'm a i'm a well-versed veteran of the soul series or, or or from software games and there were bosses that i was like i can't beat it i mm. like I, I can't do it so i'm like how is that gonna work for someone like me mm-hmm. but um yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna continue it i'm enjoying it more than i thought i would and i am looking forward to playing more so do you think between this and horizon um which one do you think you'll be focusing on more in the lead up to tiny tina next month because tiny tina is a month from now yeah so which what do you think you're gonna do in terms of like bouncing between those these two probably horizon like i for the only reason that I think it is much more feasible that I am going to finish a lot more of Horizon than I'm going to finish a lot more of Elden Ring. Okay. Okay. But I mean, you don't know how much the Elden Ring bug might bite you. It might bite you real hard. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm staying in the land of Twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, nope, no other games for the rest of the year. Just Elden Ring runs all the way. Um, right. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's it's a little bit difficult to to kind of keep track, well, not keep track, or like get the hang of like you know, when's the right time to dodge, when's the right time to parry, because like, I mean there, there was a couple of moments in uh, in the gameplay where like, I thought I rolled out of the way or something, but like because like the boss will be like ramping up an attack over here, then I roll out of the way and then it's like, a boom, I'm like oh, <laughs> they're like oh, okay, like you're like oh yeah I'm safe. You thought you were safe because <laughs> actually I'm over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, like like I complete like oh my shinderu moment. <laughs> oh um, my god, god. Yeah. No. Enjoying it so far. Cool. Yeah. I'm reading seeing the reviews, I was like, see, like I already thought the game looked cool and I wanted to get it, but I Actually, wasn't sure. Sorry, keep talking. I'll be back in two seconds. Okay. Yeah, like seeing all the footage of the game before, I was already like, man, it looks cool and I want to get it. I just don't know if I will though. And then after seeing like some of the snippets from reviews and everything, I was like, man, y'all are really making me want to play this game. It's just time-wise, it doesn't fit into the schedule at all right now. I'd rather like try Demon Souls, uh, yeah. try going back into Demon Souls, which I already have, 
seeing how I fare with that, and maybe doing Elden Ring like later in the year or something. Uh, but like the FOMO is getting to me right now. Like, I really want to play it, but I'm happy that you're enjoying it. Uh, other question: Have you had any like technical issues? I know that people have been talking about like it's being, it's buggy, frame rate issues, um, so on and so forth. Like on PlayStation, PC, Xbox. Like, have you had any technical issues, or has it been like a fairly smooth experience for you? And it's actually been pretty smooth for me. Like, I mean, the only thing that I've really noticed is like there have been like quite a few frame rate issues, but nothing that is like game breaking. Um, okay, it's not unplayable. It's, yeah, it's. It's honestly mainly when like you're turning around, like that's that's really the only time that I've that I've really encountered anything that I've, like, really noticed. Like there uh-huh. like there'll be a couple moments where like, you know, like a frame or two might drop when I've been walking through the world, but when you're turning around, it can sometimes like, like turn stop, turn stop. But like it's oh yeah, it'll be like it'll be stuttering and all like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I've I've seen people talking about that. I saw someone actually post a clip where they were like on their horse fighting some enemies and the game like straight up stopped and then like continued, but when it continued to like sped up like a video that like yeah. froze for a moment is like trying to catch up because the video actually kept on playing. Like I saw footage of that and I saw someone saying like, yeah, like that's something that kind of happens a lot in the later half of the game. So I'm happy that it hasn't been too bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, sorry. The the thing I go I went to go grab. So the the box you get is like a is like a box, but it's it's got the game box and it's got this little space, which yeah. has um, this thing in it, which is a bunch of like, you know, you get like artwork for the game and you get a, Ooh, like a, a patch and you get hang on this poster, which I thought was gonna which I which I thought was cloth, but it's not. But like you get this poster. Ooh, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's good art. Um. Yeah, so like I, I like that it's not. I like that for this they didn't just go with like a typical like you know you get a game in a box and that's it. They give you like yeah, you know like you've got like artwork from yeah from the game and stuff. And then you it's also like have, Cyberpunk um, with that game it came with like you know a bunch of little postcards and so on and so forth. Yeah, and then you also have a few stickers. Neat. That's cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. See, you're making me want to play Elden Ring. You make you want to jump on and join the <laughs> join everybody else in the lands between, but yeah. I not doing that just yet or anytime soon. So that'll be a bit before I join everyone else as a tarnished, unfortunately. But that's it, right? You got nothing yeah. else to say about Elden Ring? Nope. No, I think I, I think I'm good. I think you're all good. All right. Well, then I think that'll do it for us here on episode 47 of the play to win podcast thank you all so very much for watching and or listening i hope you all enjoyed this episode of the different conversations that we had on it uh remember go check out our site play to win games.wordpress.com it's a home for all our content you can read um written reviews and previews over there and yeah just go check it out it's, it's a cool place cool site you can follow us over on twitter and instagram at play to win a game for updates on the show or other things that we may post such as um, we might post like screenshots from our, from whatever game we're playing. Um, Instagram on the story, we might do a poll of sorts. Uh, you never know. Just go check out, go follow us over there on Instagram and Twitter. Go check it out. Uh, also, subscribe to us on YouTube if you are on YouTube. Hit that notification bell as well. And subscribe over on podcast services too. Like, comment, share, leave reviews, five-star reviews, please. They are all very much appreciated. If you're over on YouTube, 
or on Twitter and Instagram, let us know um, what game you're playing. If you're playing Horizon, if you're playing Elden Ring, and let us know what your experience is like. Tell us about the adventures that you're going on, about the monsters that you're killing in Elden Ring or being killed by in Elden Ring. Uh, let us know uh, how your journey the Forbidden West is going if you are exploring over there. Let's, let us know what game you're enjoying uh, and how, how your experience has been, what type of fun you're having. Now, you can also tell us those things as well if you want to talk directly to us on social media. Uh, Karen, where's your uh, social media? Where can people find you? I mean, uh, I'm going to stop promoting my Instagram just because I don't use it. But uh, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter uh, at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. Yep. And you can find me over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496. Uh, talk to me over there about Horizon. No, look at the screenshots I'm sharing over there. Uh, or Kingdom Hearts stuff. You know, Kingdom Hearts, the 20th anniversary is a month away. And I'm very excited about that. Not the 20th anniversary event. That's going to be in April. But just the 20th anniversary of the series is March 28th, uh, which is a month from the day this episode goes live. So very excited about that. So hit me about Kingdom Hearts stuff. I want to talk Kingdom Hearts to people. But um, with all that, that's going to do it for us over here on the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all again so very much for watching and or listening. We will talk with you all next time. Have a great one. See you all there.